Manya Nation, let's ride. But Don Nealon's Mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. Harris in trouble, stiff arms, the would-be tackler comes out of the 25 to 20, goes around about it to 15 to 10 to 5, a touchdown with Virginia, he did it! to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 157 of the CRW Podcast, as we will be joined by Mountaineer legend and former West Virginia running back Quincy Wilson to continue our off-season Country Roads Conversation Series. You saw a few great drops in that series last year, and we're continuing that this off-season as we get closer to the season approaching. I know we're under 90 days or so away from kickoff to the point where we're only eight weeks or so away from the season, so just a couple of months so wanted to get out another one of these great country roads conversations to kind of satiate our needs for football talk throughout the offseason of course and what better way to do it than to welcome in one of the best running backs in West Virginia history when we're getting ready to enter a West Virginia football season in which we think we'll see the run game feature heavily and of course with some great backs and CJ Donaldson Jalen Anderson Justin Johnson and the likes that West Virginia has on campus of course don't forget the freshman Jaheim White and D. DJ Oliver. So that's what's coming up to look forward to in this episode. Because of that here, I'm not going to include an off-topic babble segment to kick off this episode. We're just going to jump right into the good stuff, get into Mountaineer news, and get into the Country Roads conversation with Quincy Wilson. So, But before we do that, I just want to give you guys a reminder, if you would, do us a favor. If you're on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button. Give us a thumbs up on this video. Really helps us out, and that helps whether you're tuned in on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel or on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel, as you can find our show over on WVSportsNow.com, where you'll find all kinds of great West Virginia sports content there. And we're really appreciative of being a part of the Sports Now family of networks. So be sure to hit the like button. And if you're a WVU fan and you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button where you'll be able to find more Country Roads conversations with former West Virginia players. And then, of course, we're also doing great things throughout the offseason, updating the roster, updating the transfers in, transfers out, etc. And then, of course, weekly podcasts once the season rolls around where we'll be releasing at least one of these a week and most of the times two even though these are few and kind of far between throughout the offseason but trying to get more consistent with those even throughout these offseason months and 
These country roads conversations are a great way to be able to do that. So super excited to see the return of these as we continue to move throughout the offseason and get closer and closer to Mountaineer football season. And there's plenty of Mountaineer football news to talk about. So we'll do that in the Mountaineer news segment. But we'll also dish on a couple of other Mountaineer sports that we've been covering in our Mountaineer news talk. And that's West Virginia basketball and West Virginia baseball. So before we get to the country roads conversation, let's get our Mountaineer near news segment out of the way here on season five episode 157 of the crw podcast All right, leading off here with Mountaineer news, we're going to start with the baseball news. I know we didn't get a chance to see the season end the way that we really wanted to throughout Mountaineer Nation, not getting to see the team reach Omaha there in the NCAA tournament. However, what I wanted to do on this episode was really kind of highlight the positives of this baseball season because I believe this is arguably the greatest season in West Virginia baseball history that we've seen a Mountaineer baseball team have. So I really wanted to accentuate the positive on this episode because I've seen too much negativity surrounding the way that this baseball season ended and some Mountaineer fans being super negative. So I think we really need to take a chance here and kind of smell the roses and just realize what we got to witness as Mountaineer fans. And that's kind of one of the main reasons I've been trying to feature it more here on the Country Roads webcast because personally I've talked about it in the past. I'm not a big baseball fan, but this team really got me into it. So for me, that meant a lot that this team did enough to get me into the game of baseball a little bit and to where I was too into games watching or listening and trying to learn a little bit so that was a lot of fun and this team really provided a lot of fun and a lot of entertainment throughout the season some really bright moments and we're going to talk a little bit about those here as we talk in Mountaineer news but I think arguably the brightest spot on this team of course all year was J.J. Weatherholt and he was phenomenal for the Mountaineers this season and I was ecstatic to hear the news that he will be returning to play for the Mountaineers next season some people were worrying about him potentially transferring out I know we heard of the news of West Virginia starting pitcher Ben Hampton entering the transfer portal in recent days, but J.J. Weatherholt we know will stay as a Mountaineer. This year broke records, one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen a West Virginia baseball player have, especially when it comes to batting percentages and things like that. But even in the tournament, despite West Virginia falling there in Lexington, he put on a great show there and was named to the Lexington All-Region teams. As you can see here, detailed in this official announcement over on the university's official site there at WVUSports.com by Adam Grossman. In the three games West Virginia played there in the Lexington Regional, sophomore J.J. Weatherhold hit for an unprecedented .538 batting average with a home run, two doubles, four RBIs, and a stolen base as well. So I think the great performance from J.J. Weatherholt in the regional there in the NCAA tournament just shows not only is the tip of the iceberg for him and his career and what big things he could do next season coming back to the Mountaineers, but also this West Virginia team, I think as great as they were next season, they could do even bigger things coming back into play. So despite how this season may have ended, I don't want to focus on that too much. Let's talk about the positive things that happened this season and let's look forward to the bright future that's now ahead and the amazing job that Randy Maisie has done with the turnaround of this WVU baseball club to get to this point and let's focus on that point and where WVU baseball is now let's look at some of their accomplishments they accomplished just this season and this isn't even a complete list this just kind of touches on it briefly but look at this here all right as you can see this also coming from the university's official page there this the WVU baseball page there on Twitter there on social media but as you can see just some of the accomplishments WVU baseball achieved this season and just 
a reason that we really need to praise them. And like I said, smell these roses a little bit. Give them their flowers, however you want to put it. This was an amazing season of WVU baseball, arguably the greatest in program history, where they won the Big 12 Conference for the first time. And that's a feat that needs to not go unnoticed and unmentioned. West Virginia, you know, hasn't won a Big 12 title in really any of the major sports, of course, basketball or football. But baseball is the first to get it done. And when West Virginia joined the Big 12, I don't think any of us would have expected that to be the case for baseball to beat basketball and football to that plateau. But they do and earn a Big 12 championship this season as they were co-Big 12 champions with Texas and Oklahoma State. They also secured the record for most regular season wins ever at WVU with 39. They ended up with 40 wins, of course, setting the program record there. They were the fastest team to win 30 games at WVU, doing it in just 41. They set the single season home run record with 76 home runs. Of course, J.J. Weatherholt, the aforementioned superstar of this club that we're really excited to see return next season, was named a semifinalist for the Golden Spikes and Dick Hauser Award there at the end of the season. They also set a single game attendance record multiple times. They kept breaking the record throughout the season, ended up at 4,387. And of course, with breaking that single game attendance record multiple times, they end up with a new single season attendance record as they totaled nearly 60,000 for an average of nearly 2,500 per game. Seventh straight year ranked in the top 25, and they got as high as number six this season, which is the highest West Virginia has ever reached in terms of all the current major publications that put out rankings. And then, of course, earned a spot there in the Lexington, Kentucky Regional in the NCAA tournament. So, like I said, phenomenal job by Randy Mays. Shout out to J.J. Weatherholt, Tevin Tucker, Grant Hussey, all the guys there that really put in the work to have such a phenomenal season for WVU and wanted to recognize that and not dwell on the negativity and talk too much about the losses. But let's just hold in high regard the West Virginia baseball season that we as Mountaineer fans just got to witness. Switching sports a little bit here, now some WVU basketball news. Unfortunately, this is a little bit more on the negative side. I know we had talked about this player a lot in a couple of live streams at least, maybe three in which we were covering him, kind of trying to be the final edition of this West Virginia basketball club. But unfortunately, Olivier Kumwa, who we knew the Mountaineers were battling teams like Baylor and Michigan for, among others, ultimately decides not to choose a Big 12 club, not deciding on Baylor or West Virginia, but ultimately ending up at Michigan. We knew that securing him would be a great addition to be the final piece of this basketball club in West Virginia, I'm sure. We'll continue to seek for that final piece as they look for someone to kind of spell Trey Mitchell at the four spot and play a little bit on the wing for the Mountaineers. I think that's who will look to be the final addition, and whoever that ends up being will, of course, report on that in the future here on the Country Roads webcast. But as you can see from this article over on WVSportsNow.com from Ethan Bach. Olivier Kumwa, unfortunately, not deciding to choose the Mountaineers. But having said that, he would have really been the cherry on top for WVU, right? And this is kind of a situation where you can't really have your cake and eat it too, I guess. If you're West Virginia, as you already have one of the top transfer portal classes in college basketball. But I believe they were very close to securing Kumwa's services. And I think they'll make a play for another one of the top transfers remaining in the portal. Even though it won't be Kumwa, I still think West Virginia will secure a strong addition to close out this transfer portal class and close out this West Virginia basketball roster that's shaping up to be the most talented we've seen in quite some time. And speaking of those transfers and that amazing transfer portal class that are forming up that roster, we did learn of the jersey numbers that we'll be seeing those players wear this season. So in our final piece of 
basketball news here in our Mountaineer news segment on Season 5, Episode 157. Let's take a look at those jersey numbers of those incoming WVU basketball transfers. And, of course, as you can see, this also coming from the great Ethan Bach over on WVSportsNow.com. But the jersey numbers for the incoming transfers have been released. And our two players coming from Manhattan, we know those will be Omar Silverio and Jose Perez. Omar Silverio will wear number 15 for West Virginia this upcoming season, whereas Jose Perez will wear number zero. And then the big man down low going to be a force for the Mountaineers to be reckoned with in the paint, Jesse Edwards. The Syracuse transfer will be seeing him wear number 13 for the Mountaineers this upcoming season. And then you have two other guard additions, Raekwon Battle, who's going to be a volume scorer for the Mountaineers this upcoming season, I believe. Coming over from Montana State, you'll see him wearing number 21. And then, of course, the one thing we've been clamoring for when we're talking WVU basketball in recent seasons is the addition of a true point guard, and we know that West Virginia got that from the transfer portal in point guard. Kerr Creasa coming over from Arizona. You'll be seeing him wear number 30 this season for the Mountaineers on his jersey as all of these guys lace it up for the first time as Mountaineers this upcoming season. Can't wait to see all of them and how they mesh as we look to see just the chemistry of this team come together now because we know the talent is there with this amazing transfer portal class, and we now know what jersey numbers these transfers will be wearing. So let's switch gears one more time and talk about some West Virginia football as we get ready to close up our Mountaineer news segment here with just a couple little football news topics before we get into our main topic that I know you guys have all been waiting for here on Season 5, Episode 157, that being our Country Roads conversation with Quincy Wilson. But before before we do that, let's talk a little bit of news that's coming up with this year's incarnation of the West Virginia Mountaineers Football Club. And of course, the main bit of news, which I've covered this previously on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel, be sure and hop over to that to get some of this news more as it's breaking, but I'll always try and update on what's occurred since our last podcast episode, whenever we get a chance to put one out here on the Country Roads webcast. But having said that, the major bit of news football-wise that's come out since our last podcast episode, of course, was the announcement of three kickoff times and the networks for upcoming West Virginia football games here in the 2023 season. And as you see over on the university's official site there at wvusports.com by Mike Montoro. But those three games that we know of now for the Mountaineers that will all be played at night. So we now know that a third of the West Virginia football season will actually be played at night as we had previously been made aware that the season opener against Penn State would be a night game there with a 7.30 kick there on the road for the Mountaineers. Televised on NBC, that one will be. But we now also know the Mountaineers will follow that up Come back home, play Duquesne in the season opener on Big 12 now there on ESPN Plus with a 6 p.m. start time. So with it being early September, kind of will start in daylight but end up under the light. So kind of a quasi-night game for the Mountaineers. But then they'll follow it up for a third consecutive week with a night game. And this one's all important than when we all wanted to see be a night game, I'm sure. And that's the 106th edition of the Backyard Brawl against the Pitt Panthers coming up on Saturday, September 16th. Going to be played in prime time 7 30 p.m kick there televised on abc so super excited to see the mountaineers get the revenge against the panthers in that one and then of course another game
game that holds interest among Mountaineer Nation, I'm sure, is West Virginia heading over to Houston to take on Dana Holgerson, the former head coach at West Virginia, prior to Neil Brown. And that game's not coming till October, but it's going to be a Thursday night game there at Houston with a 7 p.m. kick. They're going to be televised on FS1. So although I'm still sad that that game's not coming to Morgantown here in the first year, we're not getting Dana coming back to West Virginia as the storyline. I think even with it being at Houston on a Thursday night, it certainly will draw a lot of national interest, I think, and a lot of eyes will be on that game, as a lot of eyes will be on most of these Mountaineer night games here that we know West Virginia will play. As I said, they're a third of the season we now know will be played at night, couple at home, couple on the road. So it seems like they're kind of trying to make up for lost time. As we know, Neil Brown hadn't really had a home night game with a 7 p.m. kicker later since he took over at West Virginia. So certainly trying to make up for that this upcoming season, it looks like. And who knows, maybe we'll even see more night games down the road as more times are announced. But we'll report on those in the future. But for now, we know that West Virginia will play at least a third of the 2023 season at night. And to close out here on Mountaineer News, just wanted to talk about PFF regarding West Virginia players kind of highly heading into this season. Of course, the offensive line is something that we're kind of expecting to be a strength. And as you see, PFF certainly tends to agree. Detailed on this article by Mike Oste over on WVSportsNow.com. PFF coming out with their highest grading returning Big 12 offensive lineman list. They posted this on Twitter. As you can see, they're at PFF underscore college if you want to find this for yourself. But just looking at the tweet here, you can see West Virginia has Zach Frazier returning as the very highest graded offensive lineman returning in the Big 12 Conference with an 80.8 overall grade. And then you get Wyatt Milam with a 74.8. So two Mountaineers among the top 10 highest graded returning offensive linemen in the Big 12 is great. And then in addition to that, PFF has also put out in the past a list of top-graded Big 12 returning safeties, which was impressive enough, but I thought this one stood out even more when PFF put out this tweet talking about who is the best returning safety in the country. And if you click on the picture, you see that one of the seven options that they give in the tweet is West Virginia's own Aubrey Burks. So you've heard me in the past kind of sing his praises on the Country Roads webcast, and I certainly wanted to shout him out here again because I think we know that the offensive line is going to be a strength, but I don't think a lot of people realize just how talented Aubrey Burks is and despite the fact that he dealt with injury for part of the last season really ended as one of the highest graded safeties in the Big 12 and quietly kind of has some high expectations coming into this season if you look at the numbers PFF has been putting out highest graded safety returning in the Big 12 and as you can see here also one of the highest graded safeties returning in the country so a lot of naysayers around the nation in regards to WVU but quietly I think West Virginia has some very talented players flying under the radar are they're going to be hungry to make an impact this upcoming season but having said that that will pretty much wrap us up here on mountaineer news no we talked a little bit about each sport there that we've been covering here on the country roads webcast mountaineer baseball basketball and of course our main topic football as we get closer and closer to the season try and talk more and more about it here hopefully you guys enjoyed those mountaineer sports topics here on our mountaineer news segment on season five episode 157 of the crw podcast if you did or if there's anything you want to add in regards to any of those topics be sure drop your thoughts down 
down in the comments below. We really appreciate those interactions as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. But having said that, with no further ado, let's dive in here on our main segment as I'm both honored and excited to present to you guys our Country Roads conversation with Quincy Wilson here on Season 5, Episode 157 of the CRW Podcast. All right, Mountaineer Nation, the segment you've all been waiting for here on Season 5, Episode 157 of the Country Roads webcast. We're honored to be joined by a West Virginia legend, one of the greatest running backs in Mountaineer history, of course, and beyond that, a legend in the West Virginia State in general, one of the best high school players in recent memory, ran for over 6,000 yards in his career, including over 3,247 touchdowns in his senior season, 250-plus yards to win the state title in that senior season, and then, of course, staying in in state and making us all proud, becoming a Mountaineer, and, of course, going on to have the legendary career that he did, the protagonist of one of the most memorable plays in WVU history, where Sean Taylor... Brandon Merriweather, Vince Wilfork, some NFL legends were victims of an unbelievable touchdown run that we all know and remember. But of course, that was just kind of a microcosm of the highlights that he had throughout his career at WVU and since has done a great job in the coaching ranks over the past decade, including since at WVU, West Virginia State, among others. But we're honored to be joined for a Country Roads conversation by the great Quincy Wilson. How you doing, Quincy? Oh, my man. Appreciate that intro, man. I, I need to take that so I can play that whenever I walk into the building. <laughs> <laughs> legendary intro deserved for a legendary Mountaineer indeed. But speaking of becoming a Mountaineer, let's let's take it back to the beginning there, kind of in your journey to get to West Virginia initially. I know one of the very highly regarded West Virginia recruits in a time where there was a lot of great talent in the state during that time, you, J.R. House, among others. And, of course, you were highly regarded – really high offers, Notre Dame, a lot of big programs, West Virginia aside, of course. But being an in-state uh, you know, native of the state, was staying at home and playing for West Virginia important to you? Were you a Mountaineer fan, or did they kind of have to lure you away from some of these big programs that were maybe calling your name early? Uh, you know what? Obviously, you know, the, the the sports realm was different back then. Of course, the only people on TV were, you know, were Notre Dame and you know, Florida State, you know, the big, big guys that way. But my junior had a really good junior season. And uh, Coach Dunlap reached out to me and said they invited me to the spring game. So that was kind of my first, you know, introduction, you know, to Mountaineer Field. And, you know, I fell in love immediately. Went down there. I got to meet, you know, Amos Airway and, you know, and all, all those, you know, the, the John Thornton, you know, all these guys that, you know, were just, you know, awesome now. So, uh, so my love affair kind of happened after that. And then, obviously, you mentioned my senior year. You know, obviously, you know, they had Chris Urey that year as well. Um, you know, out there, you know, Justin Johnson, Jason Raider, uh, Parkersburg had a bunch of great guys. So it was just a real great year in the state. And, you know, obviously, you know, the internet, you know, we had the get on, uh, you can get online now, you know, you can use your phone, but, you know, we read the newspaper. So I had to find out, you know, you know, J.R. House threw for 500 yards and, and six touchdowns and Chris Euro ran for 200 yards and just did. So it was awesome just week to week, you know, just, you know, seeing what everybody did and, uh, and then, um, obviously we all made it to the state championship, uh, um, game down there in the Island. And, and it was one of those, uh, dream, dream seasons. And, and I'm just glad we finished with a win though. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then of course, recruited by coach Neyland to come to West Virginia, uh, get to play for coach Neyland for a year. Then you have the injury and you transition to rich rod. And I know, 
Um, you've probably been asked a lot about the transition between the two. Of course, they kind of had a different style there. But I also think that uh, early in your career, it was kind of a showcase of uh, Coach Rod's ability to kind of adapt to the type of players yeah. that he had um, with your more, you know, downhill style. Because you look later on, he was more of the zone, get guys out in space with Slayton right. and Devine and stuff. So I think the transition there was a good job by the coaching staff adapting. But, um, you know, just speaking to playing for, you know, Coach Neal and Coach Rod, you don't have to necessarily talk too much about the transition. But I know yeah. our listeners here would love a great story since you got the chance to play for what is, well, you know, whether you put a number different. one or two, the best two coaches in school history. Yeah, it was different, man. You know, I Obviously, Coach Neal was on the back end of his career. Uh, you know, what he was, you know, in the 80s and the early 90s was totally different from back then. But, you know, that's why I went to West Virginia, you know, Coach Neal and, and love that man to death. You know, that's that's my guy. Um, and then, um, you know, obviously after the bowl game, you know, we got uh, Coach Rod, who, you know, obviously was a West Virginia guy. And, you know, the first year, obviously, you know, we struggled, you know, with the transition that. But if you look from, you know, 02 on, you know, it was the pretty much the golden era of WU football, you know, with you know, us, you know, and then Rashid that next year and then Pat and all those guys came. But it was just great, you know, and I, and I felt it was awesome because, you know, I was in the ground roots of that. You know, we, we were that first, you know, we took it on the chin in 01. But then after that, you know, we laid the laid the bricks, you know, for the what came next after with the BCS games and all that stuff. So uh, it was an honor, you know, obviously to play for Coach Nealon. That's my guy. And, you know, obviously, you know, playing for Rich was awesome. You know, still he's one of my coaching mentors at, to this day. And, um, you know, appreciate it for both, both of those gentlemen. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, just – Looking, you know, you talk about that as obviously the golden era of WV football, but I think just looking at the position that you played in general, that was a run of great running backs at WV yes. that will probably never be seen again from, you know, Zeraway all the way through to Devine right there from, you know, the late 90s to the early, you know, mid-2000s. It was just an unbelievable run of amazing running backs that we had, you know, to come through the program, and you're right up there with the best of them, of course. But when you talk about that era and that success that they had, I think a lot of it is due to really being a close-knit unit. It was a really a brotherhood of guys, and they hard, you know, hard-working mentality. That Mountaineer mentality was really prevalent, you know, kind of a blue-collar fighting style, whether it was kneeling and then, you know, Rich Rod kind of carried that over, and like you said, into those really great years. But I, I just kind of wanted to compare that to today's game and see if you see the difference, because I know you've been, like I said, in the coaching ranks for about the past decade or so now. Yep. Dipped your hand to that, been at WVU, West Virginia State, among other places. And now that the transfer portal was in play and, of course, NIL, I kind of wonder if you see in it to where that kind of has not necessarily gone away, but the teams that have that are more few and far between, and maybe that's the ones that are still finding the success that still have that close-knit group. But I want, yeah. wonder if, like, the loyalty of players is still there with this transfer portal game, with this NIL, or if that was kind of a thing of the past. Yeah, I'll say this about the portal. The portal is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, right. a lot of people are in situations where, you know, you go places, especially, you know, say I'm from West Virginia, I go to Oregon, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just in love with the uniforms, but I found out, you know, Oregon's too far away, you know, that I can transfer without being penalized. So I think there's a negative stigma about the portal, but the portal is is a good thing. You know, if you don't like where you're at, then, then see you later. Where people need to really move on is, is you know, your best recruiters are your kids that are in your program. So a lot of people say, well, you know, I want to go, you know, the coach, you know, W for Neil Brown. I want to go for Ohio State for Ryan Day. 
okay, that's awesome. But you know, the people you're around every day in study hall and in the dorms and at practice and in the weights are your players, your guys, you know, your bet your boys. So your best recruiters are your team. So um to me, you know, you really gotta put in, you know, your program is is only as good as the people you have in it now. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, there's some guys there that, you know, have done some things, you know, Garrett having the um, Garrett having a good end of the season last year and, and, the, and the running backs with Donaldson and so guys. So, you know, if I'm Neil, I'm saying, hey, you know, you come here and you can be like this guy. You come, you know, you're pushing your guys. And I think once that culture is established, you know, obviously kids are going to leave. Kids transferred when I was in school, you know, just, right. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't publicized. But you're going to keep more than you lose if that culture is that, well, hey, you know, like I said, I came to WU because of Coach Nealon and because I was I, I had pride in my state. You know what I mean? So exactly. that was why. So even if I and even though I had to sit for a couple of years behind Avon, I took that as a challenge. You know, not most people say, "Well, hey, I didn't win the job in spring and I'm out," or I I've been sitting for two years, and I'm out. Well, that's their decision. But for me, it was important to finish what I started, and, and and it was the culture and it was the guys, and I couldn't imagine leaving Grant and all of them and going to play somewhere else or, or leaving, you know, you know, right. I couldn't imagine that. So, um, you know, as long as you're, I think as long as your team culture is good, you know, the port, like I said, you're always going to lose guys, but I think if as long as that's the base, you know, the portal won't be, it won't even matter because the guys, whether they're playing or not, they're going to buy into what you guys are, are, are teaching. Great point, great point. And I think that that's something that people don't look at. It's kind of the positive side of that as well because you've heard the coaches mention that. Sometimes you get those guys in the locker room that they've called, you know, energy vampires that sometimes you need to weave, you know, certain guys out in the transfer portal allows for the ability to do that as well to help that culture. Yeah. Well, you got to imagine there's 130 guys on the team, so (laughs) there's no way to keep 130 (laughs) guys happy. Definitely definitely not. If it's Alabama or if we were the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, you know, you have the NIL – no, no stuff going on. So there's a lot of things pulling at these kids, but I think as long as you, you know, you lay it out for young guys, cause you gotta, you gotta think these kids are 18, 19, 20 years old. You know, they don't know anything. You know, they, they need taught, they need teaching. They need, so as long as you're putting that foundation into these kids and then by the time they get in your program, your second and third year, you know, you're, you're going to reap the benefits of that. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, joined by the great Quincy Wilson here on Season 5, Episode 157 of the Country Roads webcast. Appreciate you guys tuning into this one here. Wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, this year's West Virginia team and what you see with uh, they got coming up, of course, and uh, transition to that a little bit. But before we do that, uh, would be remiss if we didn't talk about the run, of course. Got to <laughs> bring it up. I mentioned it a little bit in the intro, and I know you probably talked about it in every interview that you've ever done extensively. But, um, you know, talk about it a little bit, of course, if you want to. But I wanted to ask you if that is actually, you know, your favorite memory from your playing time at WVU. And if not, then uh, what would you throw in there to go right along it's, with? It's the most talked about, but my favorite uh is you know uh my junior year at virginia tech you know scoring scoring a touchdown against them and and finally you know you know if people you know back in the day virginia tech was you know the cream of the crop of the big east you know they had michael vick and those guys they actually played the national championship game so and they never lost midweek games and to finally go down there and beat them you know in lane stadium what, what was amazing so uh that's probably my biggest highlight you know with that but obviously the most talked about you said was the run but the interesting thing about the run i always tell people this is we put that in that week you know obviously wow. you know, we weren't a screen team you know we were a lineup 
you know, spread you out and, and run down your throat. We, we ran the ball, you know, we spread, we spread it out to run. So, right. um, but obviously playing Miami, you know, taking advantage of their athleticism, you know, we know they're going to be coming off the ball. So, you know, obviously you need to put in some screens and screens with them. So, you know, when we called it, you know, uh, I looked over, you know, we kind of looked over the sideline. We had just missed a, uh, we hit uh, uh, KJ on a wheel route and we, I mean, he just missed it. You know, he had walked in, you know, for a touchdown. So you're like, you know, you got to, you got the excitement of that. And then you got to kind of, you know, bring yourself back. Like, okay. All right. Now it's, you know, whatever, third and forever, you know, now we got to get this play gun. So, you know, when we called the play, you know, obviously not running it, you know, with Vince Wilfork, two, 330 pounds steam train coming at me full speed so i was like well hey and i can't let him tackle me so i just did a little sidestep and then after that all the blocks were set up i kind of just followed my blocks the, the rest of the way and uh you know i seen Merriweather coming and obviously you know my whole senior year you know everybody went low you know everybody you know, low 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 it was just one of them things you know and i seen him coming high so i was like oh okay cool so i just did, did my shoulder shoulder into him and uh i think the momentum you know me you know, just, you know, two, you know, athletes smacking into each other. Uh, no, I, I got a little lower than he did, and he obviously landed in front of me. So, again, I couldn't let him tackle me, so I kind of did a little hurdle step over and, and got in. But, you know, when you're going through that, you're not thinking about it. You're just thinking, I just want to score a touchdown. And then, you know, as you go forward and then the rest of that night, and we flew back, and then the next day, and everybody was like, you know, every time they looked at you, they had their eyes open. You're like, well, we lost. <laughs> you know, you're, you're thinking, you know, we, we you know, we're right. not, you know, that's just your mindset. And, you know, and to think, you know, Mountaineer people, you know, I always ask people, you know, what did you eat last week? You know, they probably couldn't tell me, but they could, they know exactly where they were in 2003, October, or whenever it was, when that place. So it's awesome, you know, to have one memory that people believe, that people can go back on. Thank God for YouTube. It keeps me alive. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, it's awesome, and, and that's why I went there. You know, and that that's why I went to West Virginia. That's why it's the greatest, you know, uh, fan base in the world because you know they remember they remember their players, and not just you know, you know, you know for that while you're playing, but obviously you know almost 20 years, you know, going it going into the right. you know, going in down the road. Absolutely, for sure, it's one of the greatest highlights. You know, one of my favorites. I go back and rewatch all the time for sure. And you know, I think that that's the thing that just shows how great of a play it was. Is you know, people don't even talk about the result of the game or anything. That's it's just oh, yeah. all about the play. You know, all about the run. I, I just let people be. Hey, remember y'all too? Y'all beat Miami. I said, yep, yep. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. But you know, I, I love the play too. But to me, it was also just kind of a microcosm of your entire you know senior season that year. You. Yeah. We're running people over all, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, bring that up. You were running people over the entire season, you know, all year. I think, you know, against Rutgers, you had, you know, what, 40 plus carries that game. Oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. Highlights like I, that against Rutgers and Syracuse. <laughs> Thank God for the air raid. That that record should stand stand for a while. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But, um, you know, speaking of, you know, running the ball a little bit more, uh, that kind of leads into a good tr uh, segue for us right into talking about, you know, this year's West Virginia team. I'm sure you're still following along, of course, oh, yeah. uh, being a fan, all always once a mountaineer always a mountaineer and 
Um, last year, you know, a little bit of a down spot, but hoping for a turnaround this year. And I like some of the changes they made in the offseason. Seems like uh, changing up the style a little bit. We saw them do a little bit late last season, incorporating a little bit more of the dual threats at quarterback and bringing in a little bit more of that uh, read option game. And, of course, now they have the RPO in the game as well along with that. But what do you like from uh, this year's West Virginia team? And do you think they've got a chance to turn it around, get back to a bowl game? And how about the running backs? I know a guy like C.J. Donaldson had to excite you last season bursting on the scene like he did as a true freshman yeah, at that position. Yeah. Well, obviously, we want to stay healthy. You know, losing C.J., I think, towards the middle of the season and kind of just banged up the rest of the year. But the other young backs stepped up. I know Johnson and those guys, you know, had some good some good games, especially against Oklahoma State and those guys. So, obviously, we want to stay healthy. Second of all, I like this team because, you know, there, there's always – I always say in football – it's worse with expectations, but it's always great when everyone's saying you're you're nothing because now you have something to work for. Right. Now, granted, the schedule is is, is brutal. <laughs> you know, they they, they, they have no favorites with the brutal schedule. But that's why you go to college. That's why you play college football. You know, you don't go to college to play. You know, no offense, Robert Morris. You know, you want to play Penn State. You want to play Purdue. You know, uh, Pitt. You want to play Virginia Tech. So, you know, you want TCU. You know, you want those games. So, uh, I think I love when people say the schedule's hard. Well. Hey, you know, that's what you, that's what you that's what you signed up for, you know. So, you know, I think, you know, Coach Joseph and those guys, you know, he's done, you know, he's done a great job, you know, as always with those guys. He'll get them ready this summer. I think a second year under Coach uh, Coach Scott in his offense, you know, with, with some more, you know, you probably might see some more, uh, you know, two back, two back formations, you know, some mm-hmm. throwback stuff, you know, not not as much four wide, but some more tight ends on the field. Uh, Coach Blaine Blaine Stewart's back there. Glad to see him back there mm-hmm. uh, in, in there. So he'll have them tight ends right. So I'm excited. You know, like every Mountaineer fan, you know, we start off every year thinking we got a chance. Obviously, absolutely. you know, we can, you know, go up to Penn State. They're breaking in a new quarterback. So, you know, we, we obviously have a chance. Obviously, they have some great players. They recruit the best kids in the country. So, you know, we won't be, you know, shocked by that, you know, them right. having great athletes. But I think, you know, we have a chance. And then, like I said, we get through that healthy. I think the rest of the schedule, I think we match up with all those guys. So it's, it's 50-50 and, you know, let let the ball chips finally be made. But like with all Mountaineer fans, I'm always going to start off excited. I actually got to see uh, Coach Brown and those guys last week uh, for uh, one of their camps, and nice. they were excited. So the optimism is good. And like I said, uh, we'll be 90-plus days away from, you know, uh, one of the best you know, opening games we've had in a long time. Yeah, getting really close. I'm super excited to see it. You know, I was born in the early 90s, so I've, you know, never got to see us, you know, play Penn State, you know, except for, you know, highlights and everything. So something I'm really excited to see that return. And of course, a bunch of storylines going into that game. But I think that's the one thing I like about this team is I think that they've built, you know, finally got the chemistry to where they want it, the culture to where they like it. And in addition to that, a lot of the national media and everyone is really doubting them. And that underdog mentality has always played into the hands of the Mountaineers. And we seem to play better that way when we're flying under the radar. So that's one thing I'm looking for this team is hopefully, you know, they're using this as bulletin material, bulletin board material, a little motivation, and they're going to really come out hungry this year. I'm hoping to see it. Yep. You, you and me both brother. Absolutely. So, but I want to get back to uh, yourself a little bit. You know, touched on a little bit earlier, uh, your coaching career, you know, we spent, we spent some time at WVU, West Virginia state, just, um, you know, I mentioned it briefly when we were talking about the differences of the game from when you were coaching versus when you were playing. But as far as getting into the coaching side of things, was that kind of always your intention once your playing days were done? I know you spent some time playing in the NFL, but beyond that. Yeah, I kind of fell into it. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I got a chance to play in the league, you know, for for a couple of years, and you know, you're 
and I was always, you know, number 53 or 54 on the roster. So I was always kind of thinking of that second plan, you know, after, you know, because any, at any moment they can come in and tell you, you know, hand in your playbook. So, um, you know, you know, I didn't get into it off the bat, but, you know, the year, um, uh, the year they won the Orange Bowl, you know, I went to go see, you know, uh, Coach Overson and those guys just to, you know, introduce myself. I was working, you know, in, in Morgantown at the time and just went over there and said, you know, hey, ex-player, you know, appreciate you guys, love what you guys did this year. And uh, a couple months later, they, they called me for, you know, a job. So, you know, four years there with West Virginia, which was awesome, you know, because I didn't do the grad school thing. I didn't do, you know, the GA and things. So it was great to have a grasp, especially on the operations side, of the program, you know, the travel, you know, the planning, the schedules, you know, bowl games, you know, there's so, so much more that goes into it than people don't see, you know, they, that, that behind the, the behind the scenes stuff. So I love that. So that was a great, you know, initiation in the coaching. And then about my third year of being with WU, I started getting that coaching itch, you know, you know, I was always doing, you know, the recruiting days and the recruiting, you know, on campus stuff. And, you know, it's like, I really want to go, you know, sit in people's living rooms and go, you know, to high schools and go to all that stuff that stuff so uh glenville state gave me an opportunity there in 16 and was there with coach hutch you know great had a great uh, first year of coaching which was awesome had some great guys and uh i just missed the playoffs there and uh one of my brothers you know got the job there at west Virginia state john pennington and uh he was like hey man i, I need you i was like say less you know so you know he got there and uh took over probably one of the worst programs in the in the country and, and built it into what it is now so i was proud you know to have my five years with that you know what they're in the state so uh you know coaching is awesome you know it, it's so rewarding you know it's you know you see these kids and a lot of these kids would never have an opportunity to go to college you know if you don't give them a scholarship or if someone was interested in them so you know you know making sure you know that they realize that you know you only have one percent get to the NFL, but you have a hundred percent chance to get an education and mm -hmm. making them realize that first, because, you know, your football window is so slight. You know, I've seen so many kids that, you know, maybe had an ACL and it never came back or, you know, tore their labrums. And then they get, you know, there's so many things that happen to you. I mean, you're in school almost five years. You know? <laughs> Just imagine what can happen to you in five mm -hmm. years. So to get through, you know, to make it to your senior season is an accomplishment in itself. So when you get to that end of the road, you want to make sure, you know, you've graduated, and, you know, you're either in grad school or you're making sure you're doing that stuff. But, you know, flipping the switch, you know, getting that stuff, you know, making that in their head, you know, it, it, it's what it's what these coaches live for, especially on, on the non-D1 level, because the pay is not good. So you're really doing it you know, for the love uh, of coaching. Right. So uh, I think, you know, there's so many great, you know, especially West Virginia, you know, we're a small state, especially when it comes to football. I think only 100 schools or something play, play football. So, you know, it's a small pool but tough kids, you know, so I think, you know, you know, you, you build in that tradition. That's what got me to West Virginia, you know, that tradition. And I think, you know, once you get something established, you know, people just want to want to join you and, and want to be that next guy in line. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the greatest things about, you know, coaching and, you know, why it's a profession that I respect, you know, uh, just like teachers, you know, another underpaid position yeah. that, you know, me briefly mentioned there is just the ability to impact, you know, uh, young people's lives, you know, beyond just this, 
Orton beyond education and, you know, teach them life lessons, morals, and things like that that are really, you know, truly impactful and, you know, what matters in the end there. So I think that that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, joined by Quincy Wilson here on Season 5, Episode 157 of the Country Roads webcast. Appreciate you tuning in, whether you're tuned in on the Country Roads webcast, YouTube, or on the audio side on any podcast platform you like. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you name it. And then, of course, find us on the web at wvsportsnow.com and on their YouTube channel as well where there's great West Virginia sports content. Happy to be a member of the Sports Now family of networks there. But um, speaking of uh, where people can find us, Quincy, where can people find you here as we get ready to wrap up this great country rights conversation? We really thank you for joining us. But where can people find uh, you on social media uh, and uh, look out again, for It's been fun, man, you know, especially when you get talking W football. I, I could talk about that all day. But uh, I'm on all social media platforms uh, at Coach Wilson. Uh, Q Wilson on there. You pop up, you'll see this pretty face. And uh, please reach out. Uh, love, talk, love, love my Mountaineers. Uh, love what you do. Keep going on. It's people like you that that keep the interest. You know, it's summertime, so people are like, "Oh man, you know what?" But there's football to talk about. There's stuff to go. There's storylines. So keep that going. You know, anytime you need me on here, man. I love to come back during the season. Kind of do like a check, like, hey man, remember we talked in June? Let, let, right, let's yeah. try, let's try to talk again in October and see see, see what's going on <laughs> right and season and with that kind of stuff. Absolutely, love to have you back anytime. Really appreciate you coming on, and that's yeah, that's one of the best things. Like that's why I try to do this, you know, throughout you know the spring or summer because I know that's when people are kind of you know in that dual month. Football's over, yep. basketball's over. Yeah, itch. so I'm like, yeah, we'll get in these in the meantime. But yeah, definitely would love to have you back anytime in the fall for sure. We'll definitely try and keep it going here, and uh, no matter what happens, always try and keep it positive because it's uh, yep. that's what I always say is either zero and twelve or twelve and zero. I'm gonna enjoy watching every second of Mountaineer football. I get to watch, you know, because you only get that opportunity you know 12 days out of 365 at least so but i really appreciate you and uh look forward to having you back on the country roads webcast as well and really appreciate you taking the time out anytime brother glad to have you now let's go mountaineers So there you have it, Mountaineer Nation, an awesome country roads conversation that I got to have with the great West Virginia running back, Quincy Wilson. Really had a lot of fun with that one and hoping to have him come back on the country roads webcast in the future down the line as we continue throughout Mountaineer football season. And with Mountaineer football season rapidly approaching, that means the podcast will be releasing more frequently. Of course, once the season starts, there'll be at least one a week and most of the times two a week, but trying to put more and more out throughout the offseason as we get closer here so hope you guys really enjoyed season five episode 157 here and if you did be sure to let us know down in the comments or if you have any questions comments concerns you want to add there in regards to any wvu sports topics we covered or anything addressed there in our country roads conversation with quincy wilson be sure to drop your thoughts in the comments we really appreciate those interactions as we continue to try and build that country roads webcast community throughout mountaineer nation and one last time if you're on youtube Drop a like on the video and be sure and subscribe to us if you haven't already. Helps us and it helps you as it helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. Be sure to follow the Country Roads webcast on social media. You can find us on Twitter there at WVU Country Roads. Country Roads webcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And of course, you can always reach out to us on any one of those platforms with any questions you want us to address in a future podcast episode. Just as you could send those to us through an email as well if you would like. Just hit us 
us up, countryroadswebcast at gmail.com. Really appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed Season 5, Episode 157 here. Looking forward to Episode 158 and to continuing to update this WVU football offseason progress as well as the basketball team building this roster. We'll see where they go next and any other Mountaineer sports topics that may come up along the way. But appreciate you guys tuning into this one. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, and it's so greatly put by Quincy Wilson himself there at the end of our Country Roads conversation. Let's go, Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...